friends. It's true, you know. Personal, local, global wellness. You may now begin the course. The emotional response to love. It's awfully important. Is usually the result of a Columbia family. A show of affection. Redefining what health means for you. And the real fundamental you, you, you. Well, if you'd like a place where there's never a dull moment, choose the right flavor of wellness for you. Syndacy Wellness hosts the personal, local, global wellness show. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the Personal Local Global Wellness Show hosted by Syndacy Wellness. Today we have Blue Cosmic Eagle, Charlotte Victoria Blue on Instagram, um, sharing with us on how a life-altering diagnosis can change your life for the better. 70% hearing loss. A little intro to the show. I'm June Syndacy, a healthcare provider at Syndacy Wellness, helping men and women move from emotional overwhelm, anxiety, to a state of peace, calm, and comfort, teaching stress management skills, using nutrition analysis paired with my trauma relief counseling practice. I used to try to heal the world personally before I healed myself, but our personal healing ripples out. And that's why I named the show the Personal Local Global Wellness Show. On platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and others, you will see a sign that says community health at the top with a circle of women all gathered. And it will say personal, local, global wellness show at the bottom. You can type in Syndacy Wellness to find that show on many other platforms, including Insight Timer. But that is the podcast picture. It doesn't say Syndacy Wellness at the top. It says community health, because I think that's really the goal. Um, without further ado, <laughs> the energy just comes through me. I get excited. I'd love to introduce our guest, Blue. I have to give praise because I've been following her for years now in her journey of authenticity and transparency of how she shows up living in ceremony, not waiting to go to the retreat or the mountaintop monastery, but living ceremony and how she does the dishes. I mean, just the little things that she creates her world to be has been so heartbreaking heartbreaking my heart open and the way she's lived in community a lot of people are curious I was founding an eco village in New Zealand and people think it's a lot harder than it really is and mother tree and other things that she's been involved with and if you follow her you'll start to feel and see that it's so much closer than you think and we're going to chat with that today she is a host of the Deja Blue podcast, where she dives deep into the unknown with raw, unscripted insights into her own journey of awakening. Her podcast had over 400,000 downloads, probably more now. She's a medicine woman, storyteller, musician, artist, and on a mission to maximize human potential. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Very excited. Her smile oh. makes me feel warm. It's like an older sister I've looked for. You know, I'm yeah. all my cousins are boys. So I'd love to dive in. I'd love to hear the pain points that led you on the journey of what you offer and how you show up in the world now. Mm. Well, June, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I 
I feel so grateful to be in the receiving end. Every time I get to be on someone's podcast, I'm like, ah, oh, I could just like you do the introduction and you figure out all the technical stuff and make sure all the time. And I just get to stay here and be like, oh, hi, everyone. Because I know what it takes to host a podcast and to do everything on the back end. So I just want to acknowledge the job that you're doing and all of the work and the duration that you've poured in to be able to create this platform, to be able to share wisdom with many other people. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Feel so honored to be asked to become a guest, and I love that you uh, you picked up on how I like to implement my ceremony into doing the dishes as well. Like it's important. We're all gonna do dishes. We're gonna hate it, or we're gonna love it. We may as well enjoy it while we're doing it. <laughs> I think there was a story where you were like, "I hate doing dishes, but I want to create like a priestess." I, I wear my like pearl stuff because I feel her priestess like goddess mermaid energy she was like I hope we, you can please correct me some kind of like high priestess goddess vibe and this is how I keep my house high vibe I do the chores and I'm like I need that mm-hmm. I call it the queen frequency so essentially it's like if I am surrounded by my clothes being like all in a pile and the dishes all piling up and the house is just like like a little discombobulated and then I wake up and then I want to start my day in a place of like pristine and clarity and focus and alignment and yet my external reality is like it does not reinforce that feeling I want to admit uh, admit so if I'm doing, if like we've got to do the dishes inevitably, like the the the, the part of you know the human experience is that we get to do things that we also don't want to do necessarily. However, it's an envision of the alignment of actually wanting to create a life of pristine frequency. And so the invitation is just like, okay, if I and, and Andre taught me this, if you can do what you love with a hundred percent, can you do what you don't love with two hundred percent? Can you put your music on and dance in your undies and wash some dishes and have a great time and listen to a podcast or learn from a book and then get in that frequency? And then what it does over a period of time, it reflects that beauty, which then emanates beauty and it creates a reciprocity of reinforcement. Because when I look in my closet, it's clean and it's aligned with color coordination and the fresh flowers and the things are put away. And, and then I emanate that. And then people are like, wow, your offerings are so powerful. Well, actually, the magic is found in the Monday. So it's the queen frequency. Magic in the mundane. And and I want to quote you after this show saying like, can you do what you hate with 200%? That- well, I would have to definitely give credit to Andre. And I don't even know if Andre, that was an original quote. We don't ever really know where these quotes are originally from, from anymore. At this point, just constantly regurgitating information we resonate with. <laughs> um, but please feel free to quote Andre on that one. <laughs> well, I will quote Andre from this show. And it's like I was chatting with a dear friend who said, you cannot gate truth. You cannot own truth. You know, it's coming through some people on the top of a mountaintop and then get a download. Uh, I was working with this guru who is learning a lot about the belly button and trauma there. And I talked to this Pilates instructor and they could have never, they, there was no similar lineage, but it came through because mm-hmm. of truth. And um so I'd love to hear and kind of give people a background because I love um, working with storytelling and my oral history background. I'll riff off you with own particular stories. I actually will share a story on the dishes. My honey was going to a men's group last night and he could see mm-hmm. me like starting to zone out. I woke up early and worked 
for me is not my favorite thing to do. And mm-hmm. it was like seven. And he's like, are you really going to do them? Or are you just going to say you're going to do them? Or are you just going to mm-hmm. sit on the couch and like turn into a vegetable? Mm-hmm. And I felt myself like turning into a vegetable on the couch. And I love the AA model of like, um, reach out to five people, you know, connections, the cure to addiction, whatever the addiction is per person but and then reach out to five more so I reached out to my mentor I'm like you have time to connect like need a little reboot and then my friend who's going to stay at my home was like when can I have the keys to come and learn what to do when I stay here and I was like um right now and she came and we dropped in for an hour and a half and I cleaned the whole fucking kitchen and I'm just like there's always a way to move the energy and so hearing you and your British accent my happy <laughs> The spice girl so i'm like oh, blue spice girls kitchen dishes like, <laughs> <laughs> now on that habit stack um but i i'd love to get into just blue as a young girl and her household mm-hmm. and what influenced her and what you know impacted her and the pain that was there and and that led you into this way of being but probably at one years old you were like I'm just kidding. But going up to people with the hypersensitivity of space holding, who knows? It might not <laughs> like only when you were 15 that you got into this work could have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, it's been a journey for sure. And my original name is actually Charlotte. Um, blue is what I, I go by, but more so be- blue represents beauty, love and unity. And that's essentially my mission. Um, it's also in the Gene Keys, which is a whole different topic. Uh, it's something that I study very deeply uh, is in my life's work is beauty. And that's why the external experience for me is like fresh flowers. It reinforces that frequency to keeps me activated in my life's work. Um, and and in my in my life's work in the Gene Keys, after the name Blue came to me of like beauty, love, and unity, and I read my, I read my. Well, I, did, I hadn't realized beauty, love, and unity is what it meant yet, but Blue was the name that was given to me, like came to me. And then um, in my life's work, it says if you were to sum up your life's work in three words, you're here to restore beauty, love, and unity on the planet. And I was like, oh, blue, that makes so much sense. And so blue is my mission. Charlotte is my lineage and 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 what I was given in this life. Um, and so that's essentially where Charlotte Victoria Blue is kind of like emerges from. Um, and that's my my Instagram handle and whatnot. Uh, and so back in the day, it was little Charlotte and um, little Charlotte came into the world as as we all did in our genius, right? Like we 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 are we were born in our genius everything that we ever need and everything that we could ever access is already within us and has been within us since birth now what happens is uh, we get given these labels from people outside of ourselves like this is your name this is your sex this is your social background this is the wealth of your family this is the class this is your religion and we go and we become these versions of ourselves that we think will be accepted we think will be successful and 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 we mold and we morph but what happens is every time we believe an external projectional label of who we're supposed to be we become one degree of separation of who we actually are 
And so cue the archetype in the midlife crisis. You get to 45 years old. Well, if you follow one degree out for 45 years, all of a sudden now you're all the way out here. And it's like, wait, I don't even know who I am or what I'm truly here to do. It's a byproduct of listening to external stories over our internal truth. And I did that. I was prime on that. And it's no, it's no fault of anyone in particular. My parents did the best that they could with the awareness they had. I went to a beautiful schooling. I had a lovely upbringing. I was raised in the UK. And I believe that the way society is set up is that we go through most of us, unless you go to some sort of like a Waldorf school or you're home educated, we go through an educational system that is like, okay, uh, everyone is ranked up the same grading scale and it's conditioned into us that to be the same is what's acceptable and that your uniqueness is not your power, that if you're unique, then you're ostracized from society. But actually what I'm relearning that I already knew when I was a kid, but I went through a really long cycle of being conditioned by schooling and, and media and what's going on with my peers and, and, and essentially drifting away from the authenticity as much as I'm learning as an adult, I'm actually unlearning a lot of conditioning and preconceived notion of around um, this very piece of that the sameness is celebrated and that we're ranked from the same grading scale. And I'm learning now as an adult that actually our uniqueness is our power. So for me, when my lens is shifted like that, I'm like, okay, what else can I like? get in my teeth sunk into and how outrageous can I be and how much pain can I put on the canvas quite literally um, to to be able to allow this truest authenticity to be, to be born and um, there was something that was a you know a big shift in my life that I talked about it on the TEDx talk was I had manifested a physical symptom of going deaf and I essentially got it was about six years ago when I was diagnosed with it um and uh what I was given was that it was hereditary and progressive and incurable meaning that it's a byproduct from a mutated gene between my parents it's getting worse and there's no known cure so being left with that information like it kind of reminds me what you shared just before we come in on this call of like, you know, some, uh, you, you had, uh, you know, you got yourself in, into a, a back injury, a very intense back injury. And during that time of being bedridden, a lot shifted for you and your whole life got like recalibrated into a new direction. It's like that one degree gap closed on itself and it got more in alignment with actually the trajectory of what you came here to do. And I believe that, and I shared with this, this with you before, we all have our thing. We all get given something. And Neil Strauss said, and I talked about it in the TEDx talk, is that um, uh, it's something along the lines of that uh, we experience inevitable pain in this life. Pain is inevitable in this life. Now, how we respond to that pain determines the happiness and fulfillment of our life. So... My question around like, why, okay, if I got this deafness, first and foremost, based off a theory that I believe that we set ourselves these things, these challenges for us to actually find the superpower on the other side. Why did I create a deafness? Why did I physically manifest a symptom of closing this out? And what I've learned in my in my going into, into the inner realm is realizing that actually, and, and according to the jinky, the deafness is a byproduct of not listening to yourself. 
but always listening to the noise and it's loud. It's the noise of the world and the TV and the social media and the conspiracy theories and all of the things. And it's like, and it gets so loud that we don't listen to what actually excites us, what actually expands our heart, what actually leads us in the direction of the things that light us up from the inside. And I look at pictures when I was 15 years old and it's like the lights are on, but no one's home. I was here in the sense of I was playing the role, like off the nine to five job. I did the thing. I graduated college. I did everything that's looked good on the outside. And yet I was empty on the inside because I was following a narrative that was the collective persuader as opposed to my own turn-ons, turn-offs, truths, fuck yes, and fuck notes. And what this deafness taught me was I created a defense mechanism, consciously or unconsciously, that went, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. This isn't my truth. This isn't my truth. I don't want to hear this. And you say that to yourself enough over and over and over again. Eventually, a physical manifestation will happen. And I created a deafness as a defense mechanism to preserve my internal innocence, to preserve my own truth and my own authenticity. And from putting the right frame around that, what seemed to be catastrophic diagnosis, not only do I feel like I paused my hearing in its tracks, but I've turned it into a superpower. And from that place, now my mission in this life is to remind everybody if you have a beating heart then you have a superpower and it's always been within you since birth and it's our responsibility our ability to respond to find what that is and to share it with others i'm so excited i'm so there's just like but it was almost that this conversation a healing sometimes there's a stimulation like the victor frankel stimulus and response questions or thoughts but it was almost like a download of just deep exhale someone's truth there's a question I ask every show my friend Dr. Christie and for any others probably say it as well how do you recommend people see their sensitivity as a superpower when they often are seeing it as a crippling force but a lot of us who are hypersensitive growing up, we're getting this other narrative that mm. you're sensitive, boys can't cry, you know, and very weaved into your work, what you would recommend as what you just started to speak on that. We all have something, but we can reframe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So based off the sensitivity uh, part of the question, um, ultimately, we're all we all have a part of our brain that allows us to tap into telepathy and empathy and feeling others. And specifically, there's, there's many parts of that question. If we unpack the part of the conditioning, the societal conditioning around, boys don't cry, don't be a pussy, suck it up. Like these kind of comments are detrimental to the well-being of one's mental health because our ability specifically for men to recognize that our feeling our navigational tool into our inner engineering and our inner realm the only realm that we've got to live with for the rest of our lives and if we can actually understand our emotions by feeling them in the entirety you know let them be our navigation through this realm then our power comes home but if we've been told our whole lives specifically men 
don't be a pussy, girls cry, da da da, whatever these plethora of go to sayings that have just become the default because mum said it and their mum said it and their mum said it. Now all of a sudden I'm saying it unconsciously, but I don't even really understand the impact that this is having on somebody. Realizing that our power has been robbed the second that we actually were shamed to feel our emotions. And something with the work that I do, and my dear sister Brianna, who's been an incredible teacher for me, shared with me, it was like, I'm not here to make you feel better. I am here to help you get better at feeling. Because it's our feelings that guide us into our power. And when we suppress our feelings, then we suppress the part of our power that wants to come online to be help us to be of service. And so I'm not trying to like be like, okay, the spiritual path is all sage and rainbows and singing come by home, having a good time. No, no, no. The path that I like to go on is to go down into the feeling to feel all of it and reclaim our power back from those places. And so this is the work. The work that we do is going, as we become self-aware, as we become enlightened, as we become having a deeper level of self-awareness around who we are and our emotional understanding, it's actually realizing that shit is still going to hit the fan, but how we respond to it shifts. And that's what creates the gift on the other side. And so, for example, the other day, jealousy came up for me. And I'm a pretty self-aware individual. I feel like I could take credit on, on, on being like solidly on my path. And these emotions still come up and the contraction in the body. And, uh, and it's like, oh, okay, hello. Now there's two choices I can take. I could shame and guilt and suppress that emotion, telling myself I'm inherently wrong for feeling it, and then to bypass it and try and create distractions to busy my mind so that I don't have to feel this thing. Well, energy can never be created nor destroyed, only changed in form, according to Albert Einstein. So that suppressed has to go somewhere. Now, where do you think it's going to go? Into my body, right? It's going to create stagnation. All of a sudden, a week later, my spine goes out, and I'm like, oh, I can hardly move. That's because I didn't give permission to feel that emotion when it came up because I have a program that running that says that is wrong. Actually, what we want to do is go, oh, hello, old friend, jealousy. I'll see you again. I'm going to feel you in the entirety of you. I'm going to let you move through with four different tools, breath, sound, movement, touch. This is an opportunity. And this is Brianna that taught me this, an opportunity to feel all of it without projecting it onto my external circumstances because then I'm dishonoring myself. I'm dishonoring someone else. But I'm giving myself permission to feel all of it. Move it through. Touch. Reconnect. Let that emotion breathe. And what will happen? You get your power back. Because I'm here to be an embodied woman. An embodied woman acknowledges that there's a dark side of the moon and there's a light side of the moon. And we can embrace all of it. We have the whole moon and the moon's fucking powerful. And we get our power back. And so specifically as someone that is so sensitive, holy shit, my training is to become sensitive to all emotions and energy in the space, spoken or unspoken. So I go into a gathering last night and there's like 30 people there and I can't hear I'm 70% deaf, but, but music playing and people come up to me and they're like, <laughs> and I'm like, 
And I'm, I've got a little people pleaser energy in me that's like, I want you to like me, but I, but I can't hear you. And I can't really have a great conversation with you right now. And so like there's this dance. And yet I'm feeling every single emotion in the space. I can feel their experience. So the training for me is to train to be the hollow bone, which is feel all of it. The feeling is the superpower. Feel their emotions, feel what's going on and know none of it is personal. The second I identify with your your fear, your anger, whatever it is I'm picking up from these people, the second I identify with it, I energetically stick to it and it can take me down. So it's going, oh, I feel this in your field. Oh, I feel this. Oh, I feel this in mine. And learning the discernment over time of what's mine and what somebody else is while simultaneously not attaching to any of it because nothing's personal. So just letting it flow through. And then I don't need to be taken down and have to spend two days in the Epsom salt bath being like, I need to recalibrate because that was a lot of energy and information. And so essentially first it's acknowledging that our emotions and our ability to feel is a superpower, not something to be suppressed. And from that place, learning how to utilize the discernment of what is mine and what somebody else's while not taking any of it personally and being more in the listening and the witness as opposed to identifying with the situation and therefore learning and growing from social situations as opposed to being dragged down and taken under and then our empathy being the thing that is actually our greatest challenge. put it on mute in case there's other sounds. I'm so happy you went into the practical theory and application because Mm -hmm. then people can feel empowered with what they can do. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, I can't tell me how, I can't tell you how many sales specialists have looked at my website and I was just adamant that it was a bed with certain colors and a quote that said, it's not about feeling better. It's about getting better at feeling on my homepage, but everything on your homepage is supposed to be convertible. You're supposed to convert audience traffic. But to me, it's the goal of why I'm here. And really excited that we are diving in right now to these bits, because I feel like energy never lies and what's present is what needs to be. I can write an outline, all of this can occur. But when it comes to jealousy, a great friend, and acquaintance Yana Robinson, who's a surfer chick, who I've got a surfer vibe on today, says, you know, jealousy, when you see someone, they're living an aspect of you that you feel like you haven't fully embodied, like go up to them and fucking buy them coffee, like connect with that. And I was sitting here with Sterling, my partner at the dinner table the other night, like, oh, I feel jealousy around this blue. I'm going to interview her and she has all these followers and I have no value because I'm not good enough because people won't see me in the same light. And I'm all like, let's bring the shit on the table. What's present is what's present. Like, let's get real and own the feelings. Mm -hmm. It's so great that it's present because I've watched myself say like, oh, I see what you're valuing yourself by. Mm -hmm. This illusion of people's opinions based on numbers or I don't know what her life history has been. I don't know what she's had to do. I don't know how much blood, sweat, and tears she's put in or how much you know hair she's lost. I don't know what her story mm-hmm. is of why she's showing up in the world this way and you're showing up in the world this way, June. But are you any less valuable? So I mm-hmm. love that it's present because it's like, oh, I was going through that the last 48 mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm so happy you spoke into it. Like that is so fucking beautiful. Is to be like, hey, I found this emotion and this came up, and blah, blah, blah. and I can lay it on the table because by you doing that, you breathe the innocence back into the emotion, right? Like if it stays in here and we suppress it, and it's that part of ourselves, it's like. I don't want anybody to know about this. This is really, it, it distorts it and it creates it, it creates, takes the innocence out of it. And yet, if I was speaking, you'd be like, yeah, that little girl inside of me was comparing myself because of some sort of like number that floats in the cloud and says that I'm less than and blah, 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 and put myself lower than and I'm just going to lay it on the table right here and now and tell you this is what I was going through. Oh my God, all of a sudden, I just love you so much more. Your innocence is just breathed into the space and then it transmutes any sort of like like this and it just allows us to come back to the equality that we're all doing the best thing we can with the awareness that we have and it's so easy to compare ourselves with other people but ultimately really it's just a part of ourselves that's going you know what I have that within me too and I get to reclaim that right now in this moment yeah and the bridge of energy that's created like you were saying I feel the bridge and syndacy for me connection is my goal and before you spoke on the jealousy piece when you were speaking I could, I'm like, great, my jawbone's going to hurt after this interview. I couldn't stop smiling and feeling so full, seeing someone in their power and presence, like escalating it over and then filling me over. Mm-hmm. And a question I often ask, and then we got into the jealousy piece, which makes it so much better in these interviews is, you know, people who move and leave their nine to five, leave the comfort of this matrix reality that they're told is going to make them feel better and go and start doing their heart's work a lot of times people fall into competition versus collaboration and a scarcity Mm -hmm. mindset and what you would recommend to other sisters in the field who have feelings of jealousy who have feelings of competition fear mind 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 and you also Mm -hmm. speak in a very etheric language too which is excited i'm excited to see where you go with it how to move from a competition to collaboration mindset in the wellness Mm -hmm. industry when people are building their heart's mission. And for me, I don't really believe anything is the same. And that's why I'll interview a hundred nutritionists and there's all a different flavor of what's being provided and a different bridge that can be made. But what you would recommend to other wellness practitioners and women and men who are, who are starting out this work and they're, they're nervous because the old is falling and crumbling and they've got to, like that butterfly, the scientist helps it break out of the cocoon. It's damaged. They got to build their power. Um, mm-hmm. How that collaboration versus competition mindset is very useful. And I think you illustrate that in the work and how you show up. In- mm-hmm. That's a beautiful question. Uh, thank you for asking that. So according to the gene keys, selfishness is the most inefficient energy that exists on the planet because we are completely inherently forgetting that we are old connected so if i am trying to do one over on you and get more than you and take from you i am taking from myself and we have clearly been um uh been so disconnected from that universal truth so we are in this division and every time that we're in competition we are feeding the frequency of separation and division on the planet uh because we are forgetting that we are actually in connected with all of it and so if i put you down if i speak badly about you if i wish well well, don't wish well on you then that's literally doing it to myself i'm turning it in on myself and so that's a fundamental understanding that selfishness is the most insufficient energy that exists if you have a deep level um, of selfishness in sense of like mine 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 
I can imagine you probably don't live a very abundant life um, on all planes of existence because it is extremely insufficient. Um, and so um, there's that piece. And then also realizing that if we zoom out and go beyond the own individual identification of what's going on here, aren't we all just here to share love? Like, aren't we all just here to actually help people and humanity be liberation from the matrix, be liberated from the matrix and be able to actually find the pulse of their own unique rhythm and recognize that we're actually all interconnected like a shoal of fish in that space. And so if you have a podcast that is talking about wellness and holistic medicine and shifting your mindset and placing the power back in the hands of the people, then fuck yeah, you have my support because we are, are speaking from the same voice. And it's going to take so many voices to make this shift happen. And so if I see a sister that is talking about, like it's moving from the archetype of artificial glamour into authentic beauty, artificial glamour being like, oh, I have this, you know, this podcast and these are my beauty products. And this is, you know, this is this new thing. And and it's like, and it's and not that I'm putting that down, but more so in the acknowledgement of there's something much deeper and richer that we can share beyond our physical or our five sensory, or five sensory experience, but actually in the richness of an activation of the inner neuro, neuro network of how we perceive this reality and how we can be of service and contribute to stop the division on the planet. Now this is authentic beauty because this comes from the inside out. Now, if I see a woman or a man or anybody identifying in any sort of way, um, is representing this kind of voice, they got my support because they are representing the voice of the, the future future paradigm that we're moving into. And so um, this is just something from the lens of how I like to collaborate with people is like, when you win, I win because we share the same home. And so if there's a million subscribers that you get and 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 and, and all of a sudden you far surpass Deja Blue and on and, and, and your numbers, I am celebrating to the core of my being because there is a woman in her power that is representing holistic medicine and an alternate way of doing things and is sh sharing that message and is getting out to the people. And so it's a melting of my own individual identification of my ego into actually realizing the world is healing. And it just so happens to be that June is the conduit for it. Thank you, sister, for the work that you've done to allow this information to flow through you and allow you to surrender so that you can receive the, God, the, the, the messages of the gods and the goddesses to move through you, to allow spirit to move through you. And that is a beautiful thing to witness. Another thing, because I do a lot of deep work with women and, and of course, the sister wound is so deep. Um, and the, you know, we have past life memories that run in our DNA on a genetic level of women practicing medicine like this, talking about these certain things. And all of a sudden someone walks into our house and rips us out of the house, rapes us, and then puts us on a cross and burns us because we're a witch. So how, how did the women save their families? Well, they would come in and say, okay, you've got one choice to save your, save your family. If you rat out all the witches in the village. All right, cool. She's a witch and she's a witch and she's a witch and she's a witch. Okay, your family's safe. Now all of those women are now dead. So we have a genetic imprint in us that we do not trust our sisters. And it runs so deep beyond this lifetime. And so it's, it's almost our default. We go into the presence of a woman that's in her power and all of a sudden it goes and it turns in 
And it goes, well, I'm unworthy then, and I'm less than, and maybe I won't be able to get as much because she's in her power. And all of a sudden, what we do when we create comparison, that frequency sets up a disposition that we cannot receive their codes. Whatever they have online for them, we cannot access it because we're comparing ourselves, which creates an energetic shield. Now, the second we let our, our jealousy or our like, oh, in, and we go, hey, you know what? I'm actually jealous because she's living this certain thing that I'm calling in more of. And I'm going to utilize her as a teacher to help me guide and to understand how those other parts of myself that I want to send my attention and intention into. Now, all of a sudden, the shield comes down and I can receive the codes that she has readily online. And so last night I went to a gathering and it was it was a it was a, a musical jam with like profound people in the music industry standing up on stage like singing a cappella and and doing their poetry. And I I've always, you know, I love music and and I love poetry. And I was just witnessing these people and I was like, oh my God, they are so brilliant. And because it was in like appreciation as opposed to competition and inspiration, all of a sudden I woke up this morning wanting to write poetry. Now what they had online for them, because I could witness it and celebrate it without identifying with it. Now all of a sudden the codes get activated within me. And so this is what it means to be that sacred rebel. What a sacred rebel does is someone that finds the power within them and shares it. And now all of a sudden it activates a sacred rebel within other people. And so if we can acknowledge that the new way of doing things is to cross-pollinate, is to collaborate, is to share your podcast on my platform and your my, your, my podcast on your platform and we cross-pollinate, not only do we triple the amount of people, eyes and ears that are on our, our, what we're creating, but also we both rise and so does the voice of love on the planet. For our future generations, it's so far beyond us. I was so excited you went to the ethers because the way you speak in visualization helps me too. And you were saying we're all vibrating love and that the vision, that vision, the, the image that came was like, oh, because we're both singers and we love to perform. And I was like, when I'm singing with a choir or a group of women, when we're all sharing our unique sound, it sounds so much better. So the mm -hmm. love that vibrates when we're all in our power is so much more powerful. Mm -hmm. And there's two things that are coming up that I want. There's a couple things. Well, it's exciting because when I was able to vent and feel all the things coming up around jealousy, that I'm grateful that you are the reflection of. Because I think, I don't know if you express it in this way, but I love feeling that idea Louise Hay and other people chat about it that, we choose our um, economic status, family, religion, all of this, um, and the characters in our lives that will be our teachers. Um, and then there's a great movie called Life Itself about the villain and the hero and how they show different. Have you seen that one? Mm -mm, mm -hmm. They show different um, scenes of when the person's like the ultimate hero and you're crying, the ultimate villain. And, um, and so I'm just so grateful for each of my teachers and how they're showing up. And tomorrow you'll be my best friend. And then the next day I'll be like, whoa, you know, but it's exciting because it's all for me. It's all like God unfolding in the people and furniture in the, the world. If I choose to feel how it's impacting me. So it's exciting. And I feel like when we see someone in their power, we start to elevate and receive. 
and this morning making these prayers and the last couple of days like of extreme i love how you were saying appreciation i had interviewed a neuroscientist who was talking about monks and these scientists studying their brain waves we go into the flow state when we're in compassion and and my heart opening and just to receive your genius and i love mm-hmm. how you use the example so eloquently of last night and then when we're not having shields up, how we really receive. And I'd love to go into a little bit of what we both work with, the somatic trauma release work. And if people haven't um, been introduced to it, and it's very important, I think, for overall physical, emotional, and spiritual health to learn a little bit around, you can look at Bessel van der Kolk's work, you can look at Peter Levine's work, Waking the Tiger, The Body Keeps the Score, what you'd like to share um, in your own life history that really has to do with this issues living in the tissues. Because when you're sharing, you're, you're relating to it and touching on it. And if people um, haven't started to relate to their reality in that way and their organism in that way, you were telling some eloquent stories on it. If you'd like to touch on it a little more as we go in. Um, and how it's helpful to really be aware of how our thoughts and our interactions and our body is all one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this um, this is a journey as I continue to stay on it and coming from a place of like being in the thick of continuing to recalibrate it on a cellular level and uh, ultimately you know, we've got the three, well, many planes of existence, but the three main ones, men- mental, physical, and emotional, right? So we <clears throat> are mentally starting to understand that our emotions are actually our ally and then if we suppress them, then they got to go somewhere else. But like allowing ourselves to start having the breath, sound, movement, and touch to allow ourselves to feel whatever emotion is that's coming out. Um, and, and then physical is equally as important because the only two homes that we really have in this life uh, our own physical body and this earth and we're going to take care of it right because our soul essentially if you were to weigh our body just before we die it's going to weigh a certain amount now you weigh our body right after we've died it's going to weigh the same amount but the soul's gone right the essence has moved into another frequency it's moved into another plane and so yes this isn't this isn't the the be all and end all and we don't want to put all of our focus on this being everything because we've become disconnected to the, the, the spirit level, but also acknowledging that our spirit is housed in this and this is our temple and our home. And so if the emotions are being put on the physical body, then we've got to love up on this temple and allow it to be, to be juicy and alive and to hum with life because it's the vehicle that our consciousness moves through. And so there's many, for, for me, it's like a recalibration of my body. And, and, and that question that I mentioned earlier of like when the hearing diagnosis came, it was like, what are you here to teach me? How can I be a student of you as opposed to how can I fight my body's wisdom? Okay, so if our back goes out and the neck tweaks or something something happens or we lose a limb or something, it can be something smaller getting the flu to something huge of like losing a sense. Um, but if we can always go in as the student of the body, Okay, what are you here to teach me? Why is my spine in pain? Why do I have, like, this is just something that came up for me recently. Why do I have candida? 
right? Like I, I, I did a blood test and a stool sample and I was like, right, in a world where I cannot control what's happening outside of me, I cannot control what's going on with the media, I can't control what our government chooses to do with their military and I, I just can't control these things right now. I do know I have an individual contribution of how much I contribute to my vibratory state, but what I can control is my inner reality, how I respond to things and my own health. So let's do a full panel. Let's understand what's going on so I know what I'm working with here. So I did a full panel, full blood, full blood test, full stool sample, got the results back. I have high levels of candida in my body. Candida is a byproduct of not eating good foods for a long time when I was lights were on no one's home time of my life where I was just and, and just super disconnected with what I put in my body and actually what I become. And so over a series of time, I created a very hostile environment in my gut. And now, essentially, the mucoid plaque, which is the buildup of all of the unprocessable foods in my gut, all the foods, the salads, the green juices, the healthy things, all the organics, the fruits, the veggies, it's all being absorbed through that plaque. And that's actually created a fungus overgrowth in my gut, which is actually when 90% of our serotonin, don't quote me on that, but it's about that percentage of our serotonin comes from our gut. So that happy hormone, that feel-good feeling, that comes from the gut. And so I get these results that say, okay, you have candida. Now, this is the way that you get rid of candida. I'm already a vegan, so no meat, no dairy, done. No bread, no grain, no rice, no fruit, no sugar, no potatoes. <laughs> uh, like a whole range. My diet went from this to like, new. And now I could sit with this information and be like, oh, fuck, I have candida now. Now I can't eat any of these things. I'm going to go out. I'm just going to be watching everyone eat the cake and feeling like I'm missing out and fight it and resist it. That's, a, that's an option. Or I could shift the lens to being like, what are you here to teach me? How can I be a student of you? Because you are showing up here today to allow me to access more consciousness in this physical body by being a vibrational match of the new information that wants to come through. So how can I recalibrate this and utilize the intelligence of my body to be my greatest teacher? And when the student is ready, the teacher will appear and we learn and we evolve from it. Now I'm a month into having no sugar and I have moments where I'm brushing my teeth and I'm like, ah, I'm so I've never in my life spent one month not having sugar ever. And little did I know that sugar is the very main contributor that suppresses our serotonin level in our gut. So if you want to manifest something, it's the energy behind it that's going to create the manifestation. The, the magic isn't in the, the vision board. The magic isn't in journaling. Yes, it's a beautiful tool, but it's in the belief and the energy behind actually trusting that this is going to happen. Now, if you have loads more serotonin, which is the happy hormone, if you have loads more pulsing through the body, all of a sudden your manifestations are going to be way more powerful because you've got way more energy behind it, which is the thing that pulls the arrow back and then projects it forward. It's the energy in motion, which is emotion. 
So Candida just became my best friend that taught me how to up-level exponentially in my body to access more serotonin and to allow all those things I wrote on my vision board last full moon or last new moon to manifest with ease and grace because my energy is as excited as I am creating a piece of artwork as I am doing the dishes. Here we go, full circle. And so it's that that ripples in and, 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 and in the gene keys and just everything that I teach is not about what you do. It's not about what you do. It's not about what label you put on your energy and your focus in this life. It's about who you be while you do it. That's going to create the Midas touch. That's going to create that everything you touch turns to gold. And if we can learn to listen to what our body is saying, that that thing that happened when we were six years old, that we didn't have the emotional intelligence to understand and process that sat on our bodies, that now creates a spinal issue. Can I go into that on a somatic level and ask it, what is it here to teach me? And become a student of that. Watch yourself exponentially grow because we are shifting from victim consciousness into creator consciousness. We are going from, this is happening to me. I have candida now. I'm limited. I'm a sad human into creative consciousness. I now have serotonin for days and everything that I do and put my energy into is brimming with life because I've now learned to be a student of what is. And so this is just something from my personal experience, whether it's the deafness or the candida or the rash on my foot or whatever it is that's come up in my experience to be like, okay, I'm a humble student of you. Teach me. How can I, how can I mother myself? How can I nourish myself on all planes of existence from the media and the people that I choose to follow on Instagram to the five people that I choose to spend the most time with to the food that I have on my plate and the compassion that I use to weave the world through my, my nutrition, through who I choose to be in partnership with, through the TV or lack thereof that I choose to have in my life, to where I choose to live and my home environment to how clean my room is and my kitchen. And this is all recognizing I'm either in the expansion or contraction. I'm either in enriching or depleting. I'm either living or I'm dying. And I have a choice to infuse every mundane moment into something that enriches. But over a period of time, I then leave an enriching legacy. Because the legacy is a byproduct of how we make people feel and how we feel is based upon what we do in the small moments that enrich our spirit. So can we use these things that have happened on our body to be our greatest teacher and from that place evolve again into our service? Oh, so inspiring. I love the storytelling. It's so yummy. <laughs> talking about candy oh hey candy candida oh, yeah, yeah. She, yeah she's a teacher like i work with many people of candida and i love my journey with candida and in the person that i became like afterwards I, I, it's not recognizable i, I don't i don't know I, I love her but it's it's interesting i um i have to take a moment to integrate to <laughs> What I want to speak on, if people are listening or watching this, is Blue's eloquent. It's a word I keep using, eloquent, when I describe her. And also incredible articulation. It's almost like when I've watched some channelers, when something's coming through um, that's a different spirit than them, 
the amount of information that you have access to, people can call it, you know, ethers, Akashic records. I want to just comment, commend, and speak on the ability that she has to access her field. Anyone who has brain fog, attention issues, um, issues articulating themselves. I in interviewed a wonderful man in the Netherlands, no, in Denmark, who stuttered and meditation helped him uh, have that go away. The way that you express, it, it's unique. It's not often that I hear someone so easily access. And I'm curious if you want to speak to it, but I wanted to bring it to attention. People are just in the receiving end of experiencing your field, but also what it's like for you. And with all that I do with nutrition and balancing women's hormones and balancing what it is to be female, our neurology, our uterine lining, we see now research that it's changing each week. We don't just have a circadian rhythm. We have infradian rhythms and all of these other things, but there's a cyclical way of living that we've missed in our society. And the idea that we're supposed to be in summer all of the time really actually takes away from the benefit of being in each season. And what mm -hmm. I really think is interesting, I'm speaking on another topic now, but I'd like to, to come back to your access to articulate, mm -hmm. is that um, when we aren't, I, there's something that started to draw in my mind. I'm reading a food anthropologist, Jessica Pretense's work um, on just food around the ages and nutrition and how we are used to having a summer diet in the winter now, the omnivores dilemma and these other works that talk about um, large scale agriculture. When we're kind of being starved of some sugar in the winter and as well the sun, if we don't eat it, blue is just an example of our body will produce more of it through our serotonin. I think it's something like 70, 80% in our small intestine is the serotonin mm -hmm. is made. Someone who was on SSRIs, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, a lot of Prozac and struggled with my own ability to orgasm and connect to the female region as well due to that um, brain chemistry shift, taking so many antidepressants. I think you just spoke to the fact that our body and our teachers, whether we like them or not, whether we're jealous, whatever comes up, if we learn from them, the most amazing things can be revealed and people get and eat and take that sugar in any kind of, you know, um, starch or carbohydrate that's giving them that quick energy boost. But what I love that you articulated was we can flip it on its head. What if you are generating? energy because mm -hmm. your system is working in alignment and properly oiled so that was really exciting to hear but mm -hmm. as we activate our system and I love to share with my clients we don't know if you're growing into, into a giraffe and you're jealous of this person who's growing into a zebra like learn your giraffe skills like engage with <laughs> who you're meant to be what it's like as you've taken this dive into really engaging and investigating who you are and who mm -hmm. your teachers are, your body or other forms of being and how it's changed your ability to, for me, I just feel like you're using the universe, you're using everything around you and it's coming through you. And it's very um, just in kind of enticing, but also enlivening, enriching to listen to you. 
So that was long-winded, but... That was beautiful. You really covered some beautiful ground there. Um, And it's a beautiful question. I really love this. So it hasn't always been this way. I haven't always just been like... You know, it's like, it's it's definitely been a journey with activating one's truth and... I also, five years ago, was just definitely afraid of singing in public. Oh, my God, like, sing. No, I can't sing. Oh, my God, that breeze. And everything would shut down and my face would go red and my palms would go sweaty and I was nervous. I'm like, I'm going to sing it in front of anybody. And it's just a direct link to our throat, our ability to communicate and express our truth. And so um, we're not singing necessarily to sound good. We're singing to liberate ourselves to liberate the energy that wants to flow through so that we can speak without dropping a word and precisely communicate our point. And so anytime that I feel like, I'll stand in the shower. And it just allows the energy to start flowing through again so that then I can communicate my truth. Now, this is one part of it. The other part of it is also learning to trust and leap into the unknown. And that I actually don't want to script anything. I'm happy to not know the questions that you're going to ask me because what this does is it gets me out of here and it gets me into feeling what's alive in the moment. And when I speak, I don't know where the fuck it's coming from. Like I'm like, it's somewhere around here. I am just training myself to be a doula of the creative process. This is not mine. This wisdom is not mine. Like you said, truth can be owned. It literally is a byproduct of learning to leap off the edge, being the sacred fool in the tarot deck, which is is always depicted from this man kind of leaning off the edge with a massive smile and a flower in his hand. It's like, ah! And it's the fool, one of the greatest, most powerful cards in the tarot because the fool recognizes the cosmic joke of this whole human experience. And we're actually here to be conduits of something much greater than ourselves. And all of us can access the Akashic Records, the Akashic Records being anything that ever has been and anything that ever will be to allow it to flow through us now what is enlightenment if you break down enlightenment it's light entering our dna but what's light light is information so if you want to actually be able to access more information in the akashic records we get to raise our frequency over a prolonged period of time of the mundane moments of choosing enrichment to access more light to access more information but the only way we can access that is to trust that what's going to come through us is something far beyond what our command can even comprehend now if i was to sit here and read to you a script of these answers you can feel the energetic difference from yeah so when i was 12 i actually learned how to speak this way and this is how i did it or all right, so yeah, okay, this is what's alive right now and I can just tap into it and let it come through and I'm learning not to attach to what it is that's coming out of my mouth but actually just trusting in the channel and this can be applied to so many different areas. You know what an amazing tool to be able to access this? It's freestyle rapping. So when I want to like really let that flow come through, I'll be in my car and I'm like, all right, I see the sky, so we're here and we're getting real high. We're going to let that light just go on high. Like, we're just like letting it come out. I don't know. But it's learning to watch the psyche that goes, oh, I can't. That's so embarrassing. I don't know what to say. This sounds silly. That's the same voice 
that is stopping us from accessing the channel that we all have. We all have it. And this is what I love about the study with the Gene Keys is that we all have the potential to have, we all have superpowers within us, every single person. Now, whether we're going to access this in this lifetime or not, that's up to our level of self-awareness and our permission that we give ourselves. But the beautiful thing about it is that if you have a being heart, you have a direct connection with source and you have your ability to create your own unique channel to bring through into this life something that no one else can do. No one else. And that's the sacred rebel. And so for me in this training, it's just like, okay, I'm strengthening this muscle. I'm learning how much can I push my comfort zone to open a bigger container to access more information and to pull through in conversations like this that I actually, my consciousness sitting back with the popcorn going, what am I about to say next? I have no idea. I have no idea. And that's what makes it fun because I'm actually just living to blow my own mind. Yeah. I'm not trying to blow your mind. I'm not trying to blow your, your listeners' minds. I'm just trying to be like, okay, I got another interview today. Let's see what else I'm going to come up with. Let's see what else is going to come through that I'm going to give permission to come out. And as I learn more and more and more to let go of what people think about me, the drop, the eight-inch drop that goes from in here to like, because it's not about actually the words that I'm saying. It's about the frequency that is embedded in the words that I'm saying that is opening up the heart space. And that's the beautiful thing that I also learned with my hearing or one of the million plethora of things that I learned from that is that you can say all the right things, but if it's coming from a place of judgment, it's going to hit completely differently. But if you're speaking from a place of like, I see you, I love you, and we're here to illuminate and activate and inspire, and whatever words I deliver in this moment is infused with that frequency, the house will be open. The mind wants to attach to the words. The heart wants to feel the pulse behind them. And that's the thing that translates. I'm so happy that I, it's funny if anyone's listening to this, I haven't looked at our outline once because the flow and the safety and the resonance of love is carrying this interview. Some interviews, you know, if we get too off topic and someone starts to get nervous, I have to go back to the questions to remember who's in front of me. Um, and, you know, some of the topics that we mm -hmm. need to address, but um I'm really happy we hit on that because what's present is what needs to come up. And I'd love to end on Gene Keys. My friend mm -hmm. Drew has a little supplement company. He was here. I love to say anyone who's in the public eye. He is the partner of Rebecca Boatman. Um, and he was like, you need to get into Gene Keys. And he's a real Jedi who are all white. And he and I are obsessed with hearing anything in any flavor. Like, you know, let's hear Jesus's story in 90 different narratives. And so he's like, he was trying to tell me about it, but I'm getting it a lot in my field. It's coming in. I've been hearing about it. My one friend said, it's almost like, um, he said, it's like revealing and a little like intimate when you really start to read it. It's like, whoa, it was like almost like, you know, his clothes were taken off for him and he wasn't ready. And <laughs> their friend was like, my son, it completely resonates. And he's only seven. And it says he's going to be um, 
as some kind of inventor and he's always said he's going to be an inventor. So a little bit of the history and um, why you'd recommend people, obviously, I would say to come to you, to mm-hmm. dive into it um, because of like timer. I, I can't talk about people's services till the end, <laughs> but um, we're going to keep chatting on gene keys and what it is a little bit of the history with the time that you have left and Mm. uh, how it's helped you and how you'd recommend it for others Mm. beautiful the gene key like a g-e-n-e yeah because of my accent people think that I'm saying jinkies and they're like what's a jinky someone even said to me they were like please keep recommending me to go to see the Dr. Jinky I'm like no 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 you completely read this wrong okay it's a book and it's a technology called gene like genetics and keys like key to unlock a lock and essentially it was created it's a technology that was created by a man named Richard Rudd who's a dear friend of mine and uh he created this technology that uh took him seven years to move through him which is based off of other technologies an extension from the I Ching which is a channel text by a Chinese emperor 5,000 years ago Richard doesn't really like me saying the word channeled because it can sound a little bit woo-woo and it gives it doesn't feel like very grounded but a text that was created by a Chinese emperor 5,000 years ago cross-section with with another technology called the uh called astrology which most of you are familiar with probably had your chart read um you know i'm a leo or i'm a scorpio or i'm a this like this is your astrology so essentially the moment that you're born the very moment that you decided to incarnate onto this planet the coordinates the location everything about where you tried to come into this planet this this moment creates an imprint in your astrology of the planetary alignment. Now you cross-section with this with the ancient text of the I Ching, which is all 64 archetypes of the human experience. It is also all 64 codons in your DNA. We are all 64 archetypes. Woohoo! Newsflash! You are the mother, the lover, the student, the crone, the teacher, the elder, the, the child. We are all of it. Now, where we get stuck is we identify with one, two, maybe three archetypes, and we don't allow the rest of it to breathe. We are multidimensional, multifaceted human beings. Within one day, you can go through 10 different archetypes if you allow the sacredness of what is alive to be through you without judging it. Because we become these labels, and then we judge, and we define, and then we only allow ourselves to have a limited perspective of what this expansive reality has available. So when you cross-section your own individual chart with the astrology and the I Ching and you put all your birth information in, it creates what's called a hologenetic profile. And your hologenetic profile is the 11 archetypes that predominantly run through you. You have all 64, but there are 11 that are very strong. Now, within each 11 archetypes, they're all in different locations on the chart. So some is your life's work, some how you show up in relationships, how you show up in financial prosperity, what was created and what was passed on when you were in your mother's womb. It goes back. It's deep and it's rich. There is a lot of information. I don't believe we can ever become a master of the gene keys because it's a constantly evolving text, just like our consciousness is consciously consciously evolving. I've spoken to Richard. I'm like, you feel like you're a master of the gene keys? He's like, nah, I'm a student. It just came through me. I'm also learning from it. Like he's also learning and activating it within his own experience. And so 
um, I'm definitely just a forever student of the Gene Keys. And I just happened to have been like, oh my God, this is brilliant. There's a roadmap. There's a roadmap to human consciousness. And I was like, how can I study the Gene Keys while simultaneously creating a living for it? And so what I did is I started birthing Gene Key readings. And so I actually like read people their life's work while utilizing my own individual channel of everything I've read about them through hearing their story and seeing how the Gene Key information slots into their everyday life and activates the highest timeline so within those 11 archetypes there's three different ways that we can see it there's 7.8 billion people on the planet 7.8 billion different realities happening simultaneously our reality is based off of the lens in which we see life through so within each archetype there's three lenses there's the shadow life is happening to me i'm a byproduct of societal conditioning i'm living somebody else's narrative and i'm not happy or fulfilled i'm blaming things on the external and i am the victim of circumstance this is usually the narrative of the the shadow frequency which most of the planet is operating in we look outside of ourselves as a reference point of how to be human we're looking at more shadow to reinforce the shadow and we keep it alive shadow frequency Gift frequency, life is happening for me. I don't know why this is happening in this moment, but I trust in the greater unfolding because 100% of the time it's worked out up until this point. I am a creature of circumstances and I am utilizing this to be the teacher for me to be able to step into the highest timeline of why I'm here. Now, this is usually the general narrative of the gift frequency. Then we move into the city. The highest expression, maximum amount of light entering your DNA. These are the sages, the gurus, the people that have left legacies on this planet long after they have passed. Albert Einstein was a human just like you and just like me. And he still took a shit and his thoughts probably stank. And he is like a human just like the rest of us. And yet this man is accessing information from the Akashic that is so profound that changed the course of how humans learned to be human on this planet. Because this man was most likely operating in acidic expression, activating max amount of light and being able to channel it into his service to the world, leaving a legacy on the planet. Beautiful thing about all of this, Everybody has a city. Everybody, everybody. Not everybody is going to tap into that place. And so it's this bandwidth, this frequency bandwidth, like radio stations, what frequency do we want to choose into, is a byproduct of how we operate this reality. And so, um, like I said, 7.8 billion people were all having different experiences. So me, 10 years ago, eating processed foods, kind of doing the general narrative, watching television, I get dumbed down into a lower frequency and then wondering why I'm attracting abusive relationships, wondering why I'm attracting these certain things that reinforce the frequency that I am emitting in engineering my external reality. So if we want to take the power back and we want to in-engineer our external reality based from a place of empowerment, self-awareness is key. So the gene keys, You've always had it since birth, but we've not had contacts because we've birthed into a society that does not put the right frame around your already existing piece of artwork. So we need context for our energy. We need context for the fact that I light up when I do this, but actually, did I know that the context around this is the thing that I need to move the direction in? And so now my energy with much less effort is much more potent because I have context for it. The Gene Keys is the roadmap around what is and allows us to see the shadow, consciously place it into our forefront and actually utilize it to reclaim our power back. So I've spent the past five years diving into the jinkies and reframing my thoughts around what is to actually turn it into a gift as opposed to being a victim of it. 
not only have I started that, but I have also um, been uh, endorsed by Richard Rudd, the founder and the creator of the Gene Keys with my readings. And um, I actually just closed my books. I'm no longer taking on one-on-one clients because I got booked out until May after the TED Talk, which is beautiful. And I want to be able to serve many, many more people. And so I'm closing out the one-on-ones and I'm doing more bigger group containers to support serving more people and also making it more affordable and accessible for people. Um, and so this is the new thing that I'm might working on behind the scenes right now uh but the gene keys for me i'm like thank you it resonates to the core of my being it speaks my language of my soul and it's something that i feel like i can lean into and trust and i have done hundreds of readings and every single one has been pinpointingly accurate so i've done my research enough to trust in this technology so so beautiful and and so reverent to you living your truth and how it has served you like mm-hmm. i think people are so afraid to step into what they really feel like them up and mm-hmm. i'm excited to see the offering for groups that people can get involved with to start to see how it will elevate their spirit when it comes mm-hmm. to gene keys yeah people just hear it and haven't seen the book it's genetic keys, gene keys. Um, and I'm just so grateful. We dove into, I, I literally feel like I can take a deep rest. I feel like I've received so much um, celestial, beautiful energy. And I want to double check, um, see if we have any questions on Facebook real quick. Wonderful. Well, you can write your questions on Facebook, June Syndice, and um, I'll send them to Blue or Blue's assistant, um, and she'll answer them. Or just contact Blue. What do you suggest from Instagram? If they have questions, they can write on your posts or they can DM you. Well, definitely, definitely, definitely check out um, my Instagram page. I'm very active on social media and post a lot of stories in my life and all the things and the ins and outs and the dishes and the dancing in the mornings and just really integrating this wisdom in a practical manner um, that supports us to integrate it uh, into our everyday life and so Instagram is a great place to find me Charlotte Victoria Blue um, and that's C-H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E Victoria Blue on Instagram Um, I have a website that you can check out. I have all my art up there. Um, I have a YouTube channel and you can, and you can find the links to that. Um, I have a podcast, like you said at the beginning, Deja Vu podcast. And this is two seasons action packed with wisdom and insights and incredible teachers and mentors and guides. Um, And we had some, a whole variety of profound guests um, on the podcast. So definitely check that out. Um, And uh, yeah, if you uh, are interested to work with me um, or you feel a call to the Jinkies, you can email um, my, uh, I don't like to call her an assistant. She's actually called the wizard now. She got promoted from from operations wizard to the wizard yesterday because she's just brilliant. Her name is Chelsea and she works with me and it's Chelsea at bluecosmiceagle.com. Um, and that is an amazing way to reach out and ask any questions that you have. Um, and we can utilize it through our filtering system so that it finds me and we can get back to you in a timely manner. Perfect. 
I'd love to ask one last question, which is just a small thing, even though you do gather big wisdom. How can people start living more ceremonially? Mm. I mean, of course, we both produce big retreats and festivals, and we, we do these extreme experiences um, that are more densely packed um, with substance sometimes, but I think you can drink a water, a glass of water and have an orgasm if you do it with intention, you know? So I'm curious what you'd recommend for people who see you and how you show up in the world, just a little mm -hmm. something that they can do to live more ceremonially um, mm -hmm. as training medicine women. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So if we're looking at a ceremony, for me specifically, I've done extensive work and training um, uh, with the Earth Temple of Shamanic Arts. I'm a facilitator um, protected through the Native American Church, and um, we we work with uh, different plant medicines. And uh, this is an amazing tool to help us be able to heal deeper parts of ourselves that is unconsciously sort of lurking on a somatic level or in our field. And in ceremony, it's very, very deeply intentional. As we gear up to ceremony, we get very clear with our diet. And we, we do a dieta, which is we, we, we bring out the sugars and any processed foods and meats and dairies and fermented foods and spices. And we allow our diet to get as clean as possible as we lead up to it. Then the day of ceremony, it's all a prayer. The ceremony has begun. We haven't, we haven't sat with the plant medicines at this point. It's literally um, uh, you know, setting the space and the intentions and the altar and our prayers and lighting the candles and gridding the land. and Everything is very intentional. By the time we actually come to the ceremony, we've done a whole ceremony in itself. And so if we apply this to life, actually what Brianna and I, who I work with, we directly speak that life is the ceremony. And so if we want to incorporate that, is actually recognizing that the thing that's helped me to live life as a ceremony is, believe it or not, routine and structure. And actually, structure equals freedom. And so if there is a routine or a structure that I have in the morning that goes, okay, I get out of bed, I make my bed, I clean the kitchen, I reset the space, I light some incense, I put on some mantras. I do my breath work. I have some cacao. I'll I'll do do whatever it is that it's like a routine. I say some prayers. I set some manifestations. I write in my journal. Now I'm not gearing up for a plant medicine ceremony, but you would think I was because the structure is actually if you do that same thing every day in the morning that helps you to align, to heighten your serotonin, to get that feel-good feeling, to dance in your undies to your favorite song with noise-canceling headphones on, whatever it is, that is that structure that then when you have your work day after that, it's birth this like, I'm alive, I'm present, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Now the ceremony is infiltrated into every single thing that we do. And eventually over a long period of time, the house stays clean and our and 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 now we're strong because we've got the exercise every day and we're feeling healthy and we're, we're clear in our diet and we've got our food in the fridge and because it's all because of routine because on a Wednesday I go grocery shopping and every single morning I do 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes of an exercise or however long and it's over a prolonged period of time eventually this creates a very fertile soil to allow our dreams to come in because the container is set because life is the ceremony. 
Thank you so much, Blue. Thank you so much for your time and your example. Mm -hmm. And um, thank you for anyone who watches. Please reach mm -hmm. out to Blue. You can find Blue at Charlotte Victoria Blue Instagram and Blue Cosmic Eagle. You can find me at syndacywellness.com, www.syndacywellness.com or June underscore emotional eating support. I hope you all have a beautiful, beautiful day. And the real fundamental you, you, you. Well, if you'd like a place where there's never a dull moment, choose the right flavor of wellness for you. Syndacy Wellness hosts the personal, local, global wellness show.